We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the show. How you doing? It's Ivy Nation Sports Talk. We're doing things a little bit differently tonight. No, it's not me going solo. I see Salty actually, you know, like he's anticipating a Jesse show tonight, but it is actually one <laughs> Dean Vince D'Addario doing the show. Yes, tonight. sir. Yes, sir. It's actually not just Vince. It's like we're splitting this thing in half. Vince has some place he has to go tonight. So Vince, because Jesse is in Cleveland and Vince and I were at practice today, Vince and I are doing the first half of the show, talking a little practice, talking about practice. Yeah, we are. Doing that. And then Jesse is coming in. He's our closer for the night. <laughs> it's true. He'll be doing rapid fire. So if we wouldn't get a uh, copyright infringement, you just play uh, Enter Sandman when he comes in, you know, a little closer action. We had that on our, uh, our, uh, not, not, our, not like walk-up music, but during, uh, you know, like batting practice, infield, outfield and stuff like that. Yep, like yep, that, was, yep. that was one of the first songs on the, uh, the pregame disc that we had out there. So back in the day when it was on I mean, a disc. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I've always felt like that's a baseball song because, like, it's Absolutely. like you hear Inner Sandman. It's you know, it's like, what do you think? Right it's away, first thing I think of, hundred percent. Yeah, like it's a baseball song. So, all right, so we've got practice stuff that we're going to get to, and again, we're going to talk a little. You know, a lot of uh, offensive coordinator. What's going on with that? Some different things like that in rapid fire. Uh, at some point, um, little uh, Steve Angeli. From post practice today as That's well, right. yeah, but we um, something that we learned before we get to the practice stuff, Vince. Okay. Something that we learned after practice. Notre oh, Dame's yeah. new left tackle was one of the players that we got to talk to after practice today. And now, I'm not saying his name because it turns out we've been oh, saying no. his name incorrectly. No way. We've been saying it wrong. No yes. way. <laughs> I know it's hard to believe that that anyone on any of these, you know, the Irish breakdown channels would be saying I, someone's name wrong. I could have sworn I heard him introduce himself the way we've always said it. Interesting. Just saying. Well, he was asked the last question he was asked today at his media session after practice. How do you say your last name? What? It's telling me. <laughs> No, it's telling me it's too short. What? How is it too short? What? I too short? Know. You're kidding me! I've got this all set up and ready to go, and it says that it's too short because it's literally, you know, like two seconds because he says his name. Hold on, I'm gonna try. Now I've got all this weird stuff going on. I have no idea why would it not play because it's too short. That doesn't even make sense. Try this one more time gotta be kidding me it says your video is a bit too short this feature works best with longer videos <laughs> you're killing me oh that's fantastic well it kind of ruined the bit but he's jagusa oh god that's that not even says it's pronounced jagusa so that's different than anything anybody's ever been saying yes we've been saying jagusa right yes. pretty much 
like Jagusa or Jagasaw, but it's ja- it's like a combination of the two. Jagusa. I've got Jagusa. the proof. I just it, it won't let me play it because it says it's too short. I'll see what I can do. Maybe we'll <laughs> I'll I'll put it on a loop and I'll put it in here tomorrow or something. But it's not letting Jagusa. me do it. Right Jagusa. Now. If, wow. if you want, I can literally edit it into a loop while you're talking here in a minute. Jagusa. 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 Okay. Jagusa. All right. Yeah. And get on board. It's just going to take me a minute. That's, 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 yeah. Jagusa. 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 Like jaw, like your jaw. Goo, like a big pile of goo. Saw, like saw. you're cutting wood. Jagusa. Yeah. Okay. You remember who the original Big Tub of Goo was? Uh, Terry Forster. Was right? it? I thought it was uh, the May kid from... Uh, oh, North- well. <laughs> Sean May? Yeah. From Indiana? That's yeah. right. Uh, we're, we're living in a different world now, Vince. We're not allowed to make fun of people's weight. So. <laughs> I, I mean... You know, kids make fun of me all the time. So it's been almost 20 years ago. Well, but you're, you know, they're, they're, you know what I'm talking about. I do. As I'm sipping a Coke while we're having this conversation. That's right. Fat shaming, not the way to go. And, you know, you know, you know me, like I've been, you know, losing and gaining weight (laughs) my whole life. So, you know, like it's not like I'm one to talk anyway. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about practice, though, after we got Charles Jagusa's name out of the way and you know they're gonna say it wrong on tv by the oh, way oh they're gonna they butcher it on, the on next yeah. friday or whatever it is yeah yeah so we got to go see a little bit of practice we got to see some stretching in the first three periods <laughs> was it was it everything that you hoped it would be Vince? uh the the biggest uh surprise or you know whatever to me was i as i was walking to the the indoor facility the irish athletic center uh, all I wanted to know was what number CJ Carr was going to be wearing. That's all yep. I cared about. And I got my answer the second I walked in the door because, of course, he's in the back because he's a freshman. What, is he even a freshman? Like, so he he's like, <laughs> he's in the back and he's obviously wearing a red jersey. So figured it out real fast. Number 17. 17. So we know that obviously uh, Riley Leonard was not going to be giving up 13 anytime soon we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Factor has been a great friend of the Driscoll household this month. Not only are we super busy with work and everything going on with Notre Dame football, we're also dealing with a house remodel. And even thinking about cooking stresses me out, which is why I'm so thankful we found Factor. Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef prepared, dietitian approved, ready to eat meals that can be on your plate in minutes. It has literally saved me hours of prep, cooking, and cleaning time during an incredibly busy season for us. And their fresh but and never frozen meals got delivered right to my doorstep, which also saved me plenty of shopping time. On top of that, the flavor is outstanding. Whether it's the chicken taco bowl I had for dinner last night, or my personal favorite so far, which is a filet over a mushroom risotto, I'm eating healthy meals, but not sacrificing flavor. Treat yourself to high-quality, delicious meals over the holiday. You can choose from over 35 chef-crafted meals that also support a healthy lifestyle. 
and meet your meal preferences, whether it's calorie smart, vegan, keto, protein plus, and more. Head to factormeals.com slash irish50 and use code irish50 to get 50% off today. That's code irish50 at factormeals.com slash irish50 to get 50% off. Definitely give it a try. We did, and we love it. Here's one thing. I don't know that that's necessarily his official number. Oh. Because as, we, you know, when I walked in, you guys were in there. You and Brian were in there. And then I walked up and you talked about, you know, a lot of these guys aren't necessarily wearing their own numbers. They're like, they're wearing scout team numbers. This is true. The Oregon State quarterback, guess what his number is? 17. 17. So I'm guessing that CJ Carr was wearing a scout team number today mm. i mean that's definitely possible i would you put a kid who's been in your program for 24 hours as the scout team quarterback well they had dylan devison working with the wide receivers they had they kenny mench kenny Menchie's the number two now steve angeli's yeah, the number true. one well, that's i mean make, all points you make are good all you got to do is go out you know you, you basically uh, you know how scout team works it's like you, you know yes, like your your coordinator is going to come up to you yeah that's right and it's like okay this is what you're going to do on this play sure. it ain't that complicated right <laughs> this is what Oregon State does this is what we want you to do yeah and this the Oregon true. again the Oregon State quarterback wears number 17 so I'm getting now I don't think that he's going to end up wearing 13 as we've talked about because Riley Leonard wears 13 but i would wager a pretty hefty sum that he doesn't end up wearing number 17 next year Ooh, either. unless he just decides like oh i came in with it i'm gonna keep it now Ooh, that could be a fun that could be a fun wager yeah hmm. i don't know i think it makes think sense that. because no. there were only three quarterbacks because again they put the walk on devison with the wide receivers today there were only they three did. quarterbacks somebody's got to be the scout team guy and they the new did. guy right they did, but he didn't go through any of the team. Like, you know, when they had the the wide receivers working with the quarterbacks, he didn't do any of that stuff. So I still feel like he could have been the scout team guy. Just saying. Okay. I still think I, I, I still know. think I CJ Carp. I still think you know, considering other guys were wearing scout team numbers, and uh, CJ's the new guy on the block. I think it was. Yeah, uh, could have been. I think that that's that's. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Yeah, here's my only pushback, and I'm going to do devil's advocate here. My only okay. pushback to that is the whole reason for him coming in was to start learning, you know, the offense. And I don't know, think he's learning you know? the offense now, though. Like right? terminology, like, just like even terminology, formations, you know, shifts, um, you know, motions, you know, all that terminology type stuff, unless they use the same terminology for the scout team, which is definitely possible. I don't know. I mean, I just Ben Goldbranson, Oregon State quarterback, number seventeen. I think. I, I just. I don't think. Not. I don't think you're. I don't think you're. You know, your freshman. You know, fresh off the Saline, Michigan, or Saline. I don't know exactly how you say it up there in Michigan. There are different ways. Like I come, like where I'm from. I'm from Salina, Kansas. Saline right. County, but you know, but like obviously they're different. So I don't know if it's Saline or Saline or whatever, Michigan. Um, I don't even know what I was saying at this point. I got so sidetracked <laughs> on that. It's all but good. No, I just yeah. Oh, yeah, he was coming down from there. My point is, I don't think that they were like dropping the playbook on him right away. I think he's the low man on the totem pole. You do what sure. low man on the totem pole, you know, guy does. And right now, that's preparing your team to play in the bowl game. So, fair enough. But hey, we only got to see what twenty minutes of practice. So it's not like we got to see. We got to see any, fifteen minutes of actual more practice. The rest was right. stretching. And right. I, I tried to watch a little bit extra, and I, I got turned away. So I was a All bad right. boy. But the other part of that is whether or not C.J. Carr was scout team quarterback or number three quarterback or whatever it happened to be, like that ball he threw. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Like I'll tell ball. you what. So as as the team was conti- uh, was finishing up their, uh, their warm-ups, the three quarterbacks and the quarterback's coach, uh, Gino Gaduli, 
uh, they were throwing the ball, just getting warmed up. It's like, you know, when the baseball players go down the foul line and they just start warming their arms up, you know? And it was just different, man. Like watching CJ Carr and to a, and, and to a very similar degree, Kenny Minch, excuse me, Kenny Minchie throw the football was just different than the balls that were coming back the other direction from Steve Angeli and Gino Gadulli. Now, Gino Gadulli is a grown man who still throws a nice ball for a grown man. He does. Right? But yeah. the balls were just different going the one direction than they were coming back the other direction. I mean, it, they would just, you know, as as our, our boys on the Lucky Lefty podcast say, they just spin it different. I mean, there, <laughs> there's, there's no other way to describe it, man. The ball just comes out so easy, so effortlessly, smooth. on a line. I mean, just yep. so smooth, man. Just so smooth. Great mechanics, you know, like yeah. none of that stuff that you have to worry about. It just, it looked good, you know. It, yeah. it looked like it looked like what you expected it was going to look like <laughs> with all the hype around him and everything else. Like we've seen, it's one thing to kind of see some of it on the video and in the games and everything, but uh, another thing man. to see it up close and personal look good yeah it it was uh it was fun to watch and all they were doing was playing catch you know yeah. they would they would go on they were they were going from uh, like an angle you know they would throw it at an angle and then they would flip angles and then they would kind of go on the run and, and just do a couple of different things just to get warmed up i mean it was nothing major but and i like how i like how brian brian is just so locked in man even yes, like it's like is. it's like three guys in the quarterbacks coach playing catch and it's like he is he is focused. He is laser focused on, on, you know, watching that. And it's like, you can't say anything to Brian. <laughs> that is going on. Well, it's did like, you read his practice report? Get out of report? my sphere of influence. You know, did you I read am, his practice report? I did. I saw he had some notes on notes. every single position group. And he wasn't like, taking notes on anything. No, it's all in the steel trap. Right. And I mean, he had very technical. He's like, which is, no. which is very ironic because he can't remember a single thing that we ever talk about. You know, <laughs> we talk on the phone. I can say this now. We're having fun, right? Yes. Like, we, you know, you've been there before. <laughs> he can't remember a single thing that you say in a conversation two minutes after you have the conversation. But he can watch a practice and take the kind of it's mental amazing. notes and, and regurgitate it all just from the top of his head later on. My my favorite part of the practice uh, report was he's like, yeah, the linemen weren't really doing much. So I don't have a whole lot to say. And then like 400 words later, <laughs> about the offensive line, I was like, dang, I didn't think you were paying that close attention. Like it was impressive, man. It was very impressive what he was able to take away uh, from practice. But I tell you, there was a lot of fun stuff to see at practice though. Even though we just got to see individuals, we got to see Mike Brown, you know, what he was doing with the wide receivers. And I mean, just literally going back to the fundamentals uh, and how that they were operating and, and and doing certain things like the top ends of their routes. And he was just, he was coaching fundamentals, man. It, it felt like an August 1st practice, not a December 19th practice with the, with the way that he was coaching these kids up. You know what I mean? And I realized he's new to the group. And he's new to the staff, and so he's kind of starting at ground zero, and he just gets a, he gets a, uh, you know, gets to do it a couple of weeks early, basically, right? He gets fifteen extra practices that other guys aren't going to get who are coming mm -hmm. onto a staff because they're not going to get their hands on these kids until spring, and so he's taking full advantage of these kids, and and so well, he was very fundamental with his coaching, and even just like the. Like the early stuff when they're going through warmups, it reminded me a little bit of what Clark Lee, you, you know, like you would always see Clark Lee yeah. sprint from station to station and stuff like that. And they weren't necessarily, you know, sprinting from station to station, but but uh, Mike Brown was out there doing, you know, like the warmups with the wide receivers, whatever they were doing, you know, whatever, yeah. you know, warm up it happened to be. They were doing the same thing, you know, whether it was like a straightforward jog or, you know, like a little sidestep stuff or back, whatever it was, he was, he was doing it right along with them, you know, and mixing it up right. in there. Yeah, but no, absolutely. Just little I, things like that, I think are important. It was awesome. So, you know, I, I enjoyed watching him. I mean, that was a lot of fun and I, and, and uh, the receivers that have been injured, right. They look good as far as the way they were moving around. They didn't seem to be hampered buy anything so you know like hamstrings i mean sean you and i both know hamstrings it takes time mm -hmm. and they've had the time 
and they look good. Go ahead. No, that's I was just uh, I was pointing oh, at you. I no, was agreeing okay. with you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, they and look like, really good. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah, because like uh, Jaden Thomas, for example, you know, we didn't necessarily see Jaden go, you know, like full out, all out sprint or anything like that. But the movements that he did, you know, kind of nice little jump ball on that that back corner fade in the end zone when they were doing the one on one stuff and in just the times that we saw him running. Yeah. He looked like, you know. Good old Jaden Thomas and Deion Colsey look solid out there as well. You know, we it's been it had been a long time since we'd seen Deion Colsey, you know, do any running. So I, I thought that that was a great sign to see both of them out there and and uh, looking pretty sharp out there in the early uh, early portions of practice. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, KK, uh, I thought looked really really good. You know, we haven't really <laughs> seen him practice, obviously, right? It's funny because, you know, again, like reading what Brian had in his notes, Brian said that he would, that KK, he's listed at six feet tall. He, mm, Brian said that he no was way. taller than he thought he would be. I thought he was shorter than I thought that he would be. There's no, he does not look like a six no. foot tall guy. I, I remember he's tall. He's, you know, he was standing around some taller guys, but he looked more, you know, I don't I, want to take anything away from him, but he didn't hey. look six foot tall. I remember walking past him in fall camp because he was on this obviously on the sidelines with his arm in the sling. Right, right. Not six foot tall. Sorry, folks. Um, and I, if his parents are watching, I apologize. You, your kid's not <laughs> six foot tall. Uh, he, he's much shorter than not much shorter, but he's definitely shorter than that. There's no doubt about that. But I thought he moved really well. Uh, you know, he's he's got he's quick in and yeah. out of his breaks. Uh, I really like the way he moves his feet. I thought he had Great good quickness. hands. And yeah. The amount of time that we were able to see him catch the football, right? Um, no, I was impressed with him. I think he's gonna he's gonna help this team out. I, I, he's gonna help this team out in in, uh, in the bowl game, and then obviously moving forward as well. I, I thought I think he so as well. Today. This is a big opportunity, I think, for him because of where they are at the wide receiver position right now, and yeah. like for him to 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 be fully healthy, and you know he you know. Again, like we didn't get to see him during training camp, so we have really nothing to compare it to. But I, I liked his routes, you know. Yeah. I liked his quickness, you know. He's he's a, you know, he's he's pretty smooth, just the way he looked out there. I felt like, and you know, like to me, probably the receiver who stood out the most is Jordan Faison, and that's really <laughs> not a surprise, just because everything that we've seen of that guy really stands out i know you want him to wear a number other than 80 speaking of numbers like what yes, number would you put on phase on if you had your choice oh a single, a single digit. digit or you yeah, want a double digit? absolutely a single digit um, i think i want to see one i want to see one on oh it. interesting well there's obviously no one on offense uh and there's only going to be a one on defense that we're aware of for one more game right so yeah i could see a one i mean he could take a, he could take two um yeah. let's see what else is available four somebody um i think it i can't remember if it's I've... mitchell or collins one of those guys is taking four okay i and you know what it was collins i remember because yeah bo collins was 80 and i right. thought maybe coming in he would take 80 you know yeah. uh from phase on i was like good get phase on a single digit and um but then i saw his pictures and he was in four that's so, what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So he must be changing up and he's always been in the eighties, even in high school. So I find that switch to be very, very interesting as well. But I think what one, two, five, uh, six, seven, eight. I think it's time to see an all available. Guy wear number one. Cause like that's been, when was the last time it was a wide receiver, right? It's been a while, like a long while. Remember the one, I think it was 2016 when everything, you know, just fell apart. Wasn't that the year that, like, if you played well, you were rewarded in the next game? You got to wear number oh, one. Remember that? So that dumb. When they yeah. tried that? And yeah, I think I they scrapped that. it, like, halfway through the season because the season was just in the toilet by then. That was dumb. Yeah. Was um, dumb. Cam, yeah. Cam Williams was number eight in high school. And eight, eight is available, I do believe, offensively. So I would be... Surprised if he doesn't go with number eight, you know? 
Yeah, decaf eighteen saying double zero. I don't know if you could actually do double zero. I've never seen double zero. zero. Yeah, I've never yeah. seen double zero before. So you can do double zero in basketball. I don't okay. think you can do it in football. I think it's just zero that you're allowed to wear. Yes, football. I've seen, and obviously that'll be available as well. Yeah, yeah Minchie Minchie wears number eight. So oh, that that's right. Spoken for. Minchie is eight. My bad, Parks. You're right. Michael Parks is the one that uh, brought that up. You are 100 percent correct. Yep. I was kind of hoping that CJ Carr would 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 down a single digit, actually, but still might, still could, considering he's wearing a scout team jersey right now. <laughs> I see. I see CJ as number three, but obviously that's taken. So that's I, I would like to see him as three instead of thirteen. Three instead of thirteen. That wouldn't be bad. I would like that. I mean, if he really wants thirteen, he's only got to wait a year. Yeah, anyway, exactly. And likely. he's not going to play this year. Sure. So there's, yeah. there's going to be a lot to go wrong for him to play this year. So, yeah, they did the uh, like the most excitement that we got to see was the first actual period when they went down and they were doing one on one DBs versus receivers right. with the throws to the end zone. And the two plays that stand out, you know. The you know the 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 one I think that you know everyone you know kind of got a you know the team went nuts and all that stuff. Chris Tarek, number fifty five, offensive lineman, cut a touchdown pass from Steve Angeli. They let a couple linemen go out there, and everyone went nuts. You know when he made a catch, it was you know it was a, for an offensive lineman especially, it was a nice little catch it was. that he made. But the most impressive play down there was the phase on play when oh. when he turned. Clarence Lewis basically inside out on that ball. There, there were a couple. That one was obviously very, very impressive. I was like, oh, Clarence. Like that, that was like, oh. And then also um the love play. He went out and he he made Jalen Sneed look a little rough. He did a little out and up, and Jalen bit hard on the out and just could not recover. Um, and then a little toe tap in the back of the end zone there by love. I thought that was a nice little catch. And then of course the offensive lineman who caught it over his shoulder, which by the way, not only was it a great catch, but it was a friggin' dime thrown by CJ Carr as well. Like he, he placed the biscuit in the basket on yep. that one. I mean, that, that kid's got some touch. Nice ball. Nice yes, ball. It was. Yes. Especially it was. for a scout team quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> it, look, if he's the scout team quarterback, I mean, obviously he's going to get a rude awakening playing against this defense. Right. But at the same time, I they're going to see some zip on the ball that these defenders have not seen in practice in a long time. True. True. I mean, more than really uh, of the guys on the roster, Kenny Minchie comes the closest, right? Oh yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Like, I would put CJ's ball number one. I would put I would put Minchie just below, and then it's a bit of a drop off, and you get to Steve Angeli, and then just below him would be Gino Gadouli. Well, because like even Hartman, like better than what Hartman. Oh yeah. Was. Oh, hundred percent. It's stronger. It's got a tighter spiral. It's more on a line. Like he, even if Hartman was still on this team, honestly, I. I I, I like Carr and Minchie better than Hartman. If I'm being honest, just from a, yeah. just from a simple throwing, just the from ball. a ball, just the way right. they throw the ball. There are obviously right. other things that go into not decision making and, and yeah. all of the other things, but just the ball itself. Um, I would put CJ and Minchie top two, uh, even if Hartman was still on the roster. Yeah. Um, David Carpenter, I'm not really understanding this question. Is the spin different from Minchie and CJ left versus right handed? Both well, right-handed. Both right-handed. So, yeah. David, I don't know what to tell you on that one, brother. <laughs> uh, by the way, I think the men's basketball game, John, with a prediction, 66-53. I think it started at 6 o'clock. It did. Tonight. It a did. little earlier start time on the ACC network, I believe. And uh, I, I've been getting texts from people. They can't find it on the radio. And uh, apparently it's not playing where it's supposed to be playing. Uh-oh. Yeah. What's going on there? I don't know. I'm gonna text our buddy Jim and find out. Like you, like you have control over why it's not on the radio. Right. I point. know. Seriously. I. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just go to Odyssey.com. Yeah. Just go to the app. Odyssey.com. Just go to the app, baby. There it is. That's like. Yeah. Find it there. It's the best. Best we can do. Um, I guess the other 
play that stood out on on that one on one Jeremiah Love versus Jalen Sneed. Yeah. Jeremiah Love with a you know with, with a with a nice little out yeah. and up and and uh, beating Jalen Sneed pretty badly on that the, play. The toe tap. I mean, I'm not sure what was better, the route or the toe tap in the back of the end zone. But yeah, um, there was some dispute over whether or not he got the toe down. But I felt like he did. Oh, I think he might have gotten both. To be honest with you, I, I he definitely got one. But it looked like he got both. Like it looked like it was it would be good in the NFL. Yeah, frankly. So but I yeah, thought so was, as well. There, look, I think people are going to be pleasantly surprised with some of the talent that's going to be on the offensive side of the ball in in a week and a half. I, yeah. I do. I I think you're going to get plenty. Yeah, of I mean, look, we saw him going up against air, yada yada yada. But Jaden Thomas and Dion Colsey are veterans, and they both look like they're a hundred percent right yeah. now. <clears throat> Jeremiah Love looks really good. You know, again, we only got to see a little snapshot, but talking to him after practice again today is what, you know, like he, he's ready for this opportunity, yeah. you know, like he's, he's, he's obviously in. him and the, you know, the rest of the guys in the room, they're all going to get more opportunities than, you know, when Audric was here and he said, you know, there was never any, any jealousy or frustration or anything like that. The fact that, that he came in, he knew he was a freshman and he was completely willing to do his time and do his learning and all that different kind of stuff. But he's also ready for his opportunity now. It's like the first chance he's going to yeah. get to kind of show a little bit more about what he can do. And the other yeah. backs are in that <clears throat> situation as well because they're all going to get, you know, they all get pushed up into some different roles with, with Audric being gone. Yeah, no, I, I would love to see, you know, some uh, some two back Right with like Jadarian Price and Jeremiah Love, and then you 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 motion Jeremiah Love into the slot, let him let him cook a linebacker. Like I, I think you could see, there's a lot of things that you can do with the talent level that is on this team, and you're gonna have to be a little bit creative. I think if you're the offensive staff, I was gonna say Gino Gadouli, but I don't know how much you know specific input he's gonna have. You know he's gonna call the plays, obviously, but I just think that they are going to need a little bit of creativity. But I think that creativity can really spawn the rest of the offense, get them going, you know, a chunk play here, a chunk play there, and then you can drive it home with these guys between the tackles or sweet, whatever, right? But I, I just think that, you know, throwing a few things at Oregon State that maybe haven't been on film, you know, up to this point, because obviously none of these kids are on film, really, you know, let's, let's, let's have some fun with this thing. Like, that's what I want to see. I want to see this offense opened up a little bit, but have a little bit of fun. You can still you know, be ball control and do all the things that I'm sure Marcus Freeman wants to do because he knows what kind of defense he's got. But, you know, open it up. Let let uh, good old peanut butter and jelly have some fun out there, you know. <laughs> let them play some loose. We're going to have to set an over-under, I think, on how many pass attempts come on Notre Dame's first mm -hmm. drive of the game. Over-under one and a half. We'll run versus pass. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I... I, my opinion of Steve Angeli and, and what the passing game could potentially be in this, in the bowl game was, was confirmed. I think today for the most part, just watching them throw the football, um, even in the one-on-ones, like not super accurate uh, at times. It felt like, you know, just not, I don't know. I would feel much, much better putting the ball in the stomach of some of these running backs. Well, and, you know, look, I, I realize he completed, what, 75% of his passes and the opportunities that he had this sure. season. But a lot of them, a high percentage of the, you know, they're like, he completed a high percentage of his passes, right? A high percentage of them were basically layups. You know, they gave him, they gave him some easy passes. He completed them, which is great. You know, he didn't have rubber arm and, you know, didn't, you know, yeah, get, well, for get sure. crazy. He didn't throw him into the ground like, you know, like Drew Pine did last year when he was first out there. But, you know, um, it's a little bit different, I think, when you're running the full offense and you get sure. asked to do some different things. It's it's different when now you're in there in the first and second quarter and uh, it's third and ten. What are you going to, what's yeah. he going to do in that situation? What are they going to ask him to do in right. that situation? Right. And I, I think that this is going to be, and maybe this will be music to people's ears, but I think you're going to see a little bit more play action because I also think that you're going to need to use play action more 
to get guys open for Steve Angeli to hit them on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. If that if that makes sense, like I he's not going to be as accurate as Sam Hartman is. He's just he's not. And so I think you're going to need to to manipulate the defense a little bit more to get guys open a little bit more in order to have success in the passing game. Yeah, I agree. This episode of the Irish Breakdown Podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. It's the holiday season, which means it's a time for giving. Giving to our community is important. There's always joy in giving to our friends and family. We also need to ensure that we are properly focused on giving to ourselves and making sure we're taking steps to give ourselves the tools we need to get through the tough times. The holidays are a perfect time for that. It's important to learn positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. There are ways to make sure you have the tools to be the best version of yourself. And that's not something that's only for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Irish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com, H-E-L-P dot Irish. Irish. This is the best time of the year. It's bowl season and Christmas is right around the corner. So whether you're looking for tickets to the Sun Bowl to watch Notre Dame take on Oregon State or looking for tickets to a Christmas concert or comedy show or just looking for a great last minute gift, game time is the place for you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code IRISH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code IRISH for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. That's gametime.co. Bailey Brad says Steve's a gamer. He's not worried. Okay, we'll see. Is he a gamer or is he an end of gamer? There's a difference. That's a good point because Ian Book was an end of gamer. Not a gamer. Yeah. That that that's how I would describe Ian Book. Things changed. The, the the greater the sample size got for Ian Book, the more things changed. You know, like that Pittsburgh game, that first season was the example of that. The way they sat on everything short and it made it pretty ugly. Mm-hmm. And Notre Dame was just able to squeak that thing right. out there. You know, and the more, you know, again, like the greater the sample, you know, there, there were things that he could do. You know, like people want to talk about what Notre Dame did and what Sam Hartman did, you know, good competition versus bad competition. Again, like you go back to that first season for Ian book, and there was a clear delineation between what he was doing against group of five competition and what he was doing against power five competition. I think it was 15 of his touchdown passes came against the group of five teams. Right. Yeah. Yep. And still got Heisman votes somehow. So, you know, there it is. Yeah. I mean, we'll all find out about Steve Angeli together. Well, yeah. I mean, look, this is his, this is his audition. Honestly, this, this is his audition. Um, honestly, if I, I think this is his, this is his tape that he's going to be able to use if he ever hits the transfer portal. Um, Save that. I got some, uh, oh, I got oh, some Steve Angeli talking about the transfer portal from after practice. 
today. Oh, so, okay. All right. All right. All right. We'll save that here for a few minutes. Um, before we move on, Charles Jagusa. I'm not <laughs> I'm saying it say wrong. It. I'm tuned in late. Every time. Jagusa. Um, what did you think of what you saw of him? I, I he had a knee injury in practice. He wasn't really able to move very well, you know, like for basically half the season is what he was talking about. And he's he's definitely able to he's able to get like he's able to get lower, I think, now. And I think that it it makes a big difference. Not that, again, not that we saw a ton from him today, but you could yeah. see a difference just in the way okay. he's able to use his legs and things like that now more. Yeah, I mean that, camp. and that's what that was one of the the things that everybody loved about him the most is is his flexibility, his feet, you know, his movement, the way he's able to do, you know, certain things coming in, and and that leg injury really kind of set him back. I mean, it really set him back, and so the fact that he's back to a hundred percent, or at least as close to a hundred percent as he's been in a really really long time, to lock down the left tackle position, Sean, in like five practices, is really impressive. Like really impressive, or however many practices that it's been since they started practicing for the bowl. Um, I, I mean, he unseated two guys that have been in the program for a while. So that's that that says a lot to me about uh, where he's at with his recovery and where he's at trajectory wise moving forward. There's no doubt about that, right? So Jesse's going to be along here in a little bit. I have no idea when he's going to show up. So we've, we've got a few <laughs> questions from the chat and people Let's can do keep it. kind of Let's do throw it. in their other questions. And we'll do some of that here while, uh, while we wait for Jesse to get in for rapid fire. So we've, I feel like there's a couple that we've got to start with first from DK. Will you please answer one of Tommy's questions? He's a good boy. <laughs> and it's all he's asked for Christmas. Tommy was in here. I think he thought today was Wednesday and uh, he started throwing a lot of different questions in the chat. And then I saw him realize, oh, it's only Tuesday. But, Tommy, just for you, hopefully you're still here. He says, do you think there would be less opt-outs if the bowl game started just one week after conference championship games? Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. Do you? Uh, now, if those, if those uh, bowl games were part of the playoff, then no. But if they were just bowl games, then yeah, I do think that there would be the same amount of opt-outs because it's it's now a status symbol to opt out. Mm -hmm. And I don't think the timing of the game makes much of a difference, to be honest with you. I just I, I think there would still be the same amount. It would just come a heck of a lot quicker than it did this time around because there's not as much time, you know, in between. See, personally. So I think with playoff games, you're just going to see more opt-outs in every game that's not a playoff game. Right. Oh, you're gonna absolutely. Have, you're going to have 12 teams who are playing for something. And yep. Yep. Th th what's that leave you with? Like 70 other teams, you know, who are going to be in, you know, bowl games that don't matter. And, you know, other than, you know, playing for pride, finishing off your season, right. getting your double, you know, all those different things that we're talking about. And I just think that you're going to continue to see many more opt-outs in those games. Right. And, you know, it's a good thing that the NCAA did pass this waiver for, you know, for the, for the red shirt thing where you can play in your four during the regular season. And then they give you a waiver for a fifth game because you need it, you know, right. like look at where Notre Dame's roster is between guys entering the transfer portal, plus the opt-outs and, some you know look at the look at the receiver position some of the stuff that you're left with and and where you are i think that they absolutely like it's 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 a great thing it's one of the one of the few good things that you can actually say hey ncaa good job i'm glad you did it yeah. but again i just think once it expands next year and you've got 12 teams playing in the you know in the in the tournament that matters i think that you're going to see even more opt outs because of what yeah. you said it's like everyone like we, we've been through it with, with all these decisions Notre Dame has made. You're absolutely right. It's a complete status symbol now, and guys are opting out who have no business opting out. Yeah, I mean, the opt-outs will go lower just because there'll be 12 teams that won't have opt-outs, you know, right away. But the, yeah. the rest will all opt out. Like that, I mean, and that's the point that you're making. And so, 
you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens to the rest of the bowl games um, outside of the the ones that are involved in the playoff because, yikes. I mean, yeah, it, it's going to be that you want to talk about meaningless bowl games. Now they become even more meaningless moving forward. <laughs> so there's a couple questions about kicking and I'll get to the, to the other one to hear about the Coles camp in a second. So Mark wants to know for Vince as the dad of a kicker, what's your stance on the place kicking team doing the same good job head bunt head bumps on missed kicks. That's nah, stupid. You don't celebrate a miss. No, absolutely not. I no, you do not celebrate a miss. I, I am very much against that. And if I, you know, my you know, you can pat the guy in the head or the butt and say, yeah, "Hey, but, you know, get but, it next time." Absolutely. But whatever you do when you make it, you don't do the same thing right. when you miss. No, yeah. it's got to be have, different. Yeah, no, you don't celebrate a miss. Sorry, no, right. way against it, Mark. Way against it. So DK wants to know about the Coles kicking camp. Vince's son Dylan tweeted the video now was that tell me about i couldn't see like what happened at the end of that kick did he make that oh he made it in the video and how long was that it's funny that you should ask i've got it right here so i'm gonna i'm gonna pull it up and we'll see if we can see it (laughs) of course you've got it right here all right can we see that right there i mean it's there but again okay well it's a 50 yard field goal okay and it crosses it hits that so the the field goals were set up right in front of the net so wherever it hits the net and starts coming back down is where it, it crossed the plane of the field goal post. You okay. know what I'm saying? So yeah. it was on the le- it was on the left side. It went in, uh, but it was at the top of the field goal post. Like it was at the very top. That thing probably would have been good from 55, 50, or 60. Like it was, you know, he crushed that thing. Um, so the bottom line, the question is, tell us about the Coles kicking camp. It was uh kind of crazy there was a lot going on there's about 300 kids there um you know my kid did a good job he got invited to uh the future stars camp down in florida where they take like the top the like the, the tippy tippy top of the group they take to uh the underclassmen challenge i was about 10 guys out of the 300 and then okay. another six guys they invited to this other combine uh that that's down in florida and that's the one he got invited to so he was just on the outside looking in the the top 50 kids in the country um so he's going to be going to the next one so very nice booked our plane tickets and we're headed to uh panama city beach during martin luther king jr weekend okay so so february early february uh middle of no it's middle of january oh that's right yeah middle of january i I think i was thinking that's presidents Presidents. yeah that's presidents yeah so yeah should be a lot of fun gets to compete against the best and uh Awesome. Yeah, he's starting to think about not playing soccer now, which is crazy. So you can't do that. You still got to play soccer. I mean, his senior year. That's all that helps his kicking, right? Neck. Well, although I mean, well, I makes him tired. It's a lot of wear on the legs, and so he's got some fatigue when they're both at the same time. Probably a good point. You know, but at the same time, doesn't it help build up the leg or? Yeah, the fatigue I can see. Like, especially yeah, if you're... that's really what it ended up being. When he stopped, when the soccer season ended, there was still about a month of football left, and he got stronger and stronger as the time went on because he didn't have soccer as well. So, yeah. Berkshire wants to know realistically, can Coach Shrews build the basketball team into a perennial top sure. twenty-five team? I think so. I mean, yeah. Mike Bray did it. It's just yeah. it's going to take some time. The you know the roster. He basically had to throw a whole roster together, go out in the portal plus freshmen and stuff like that. So it's it's just going to take some time. I, I you know he he knew that there would be growing pains. We all knew that there would be growing sure. pains. I think that you you one you definitely have to be patient. Uh, you know, like yeah, it wasn't going to happen oh, yeah. overnight. Like what you're seeing, and even the the biggest thing is now remember what you're looking at right now. And he said this. From the very beginning, remember what you're looking at right now and then compare it to what you see like the last couple weeks of February and into the ACC tournament. Like how what what kind of progress yeah. has been made? Yeah. That's that's what you got to look for. Yes, it's going to be absolutely. incremental progress. It's not mm-hmm. going to happen overnight. But are they at the very least going to be competitive and they're they're probably not going to be competitive with teams at the top of the conference but are they at least competitive with teams middle to lower right and 
you know, again, what's it look like now compared to what what it looks like at the end of the season? Look, they were picked to be last in the ACC. Any Anything besides last in the ACC, I think you've overachieved according to the way they predicted things were going to go, right? And I don't think they're going to be last in the ACC. I think they're going to get, a you know, five, six wins in the ACC, you know, end up in that, that bottom third, but they're not going to be last, right? And so, um, you know, this team has already gotten better from what we saw at the beginning of the season now that the competition is going to ramp up, you know, but th- this is going to be a team that's not going to quit. I know this is all going to sound cliche, but they're not going to quit. They generally play pretty darn good defense. You yeah. know, they, they they definitely value defense over offense right now, but that's how you build a program. And so I mean, I that's going to keep them in some games that maybe they don't deserve to be in. Absolutely. Sometimes. Absolutely. You know, so yeah. I think it's great. Yeah, I think it's great. And that's kind of I'm looking down. at again, like when I when I when when they get to that mid to late February, do they maybe knock off a team that you wouldn't have thought that they were going to knock off? They're not going to do that right now, but do they have a chance to do that later on? Jesse's here. Yay, yes. Jesse! Woo! Vince, uh, I know that you know. I, I, have you have you like overstayed at this point? Are you being called? Are you being summoned out <laughs> the just, door right yes, now? Yes, uh, the aforementioned kicker just walked in. He's like, "Dad, we got to go." I'm okay. Like, All right. All right. Appreciate you coming on tonight. No little problem. Practice, little practice stuff. Yeah. I will see you guys later. All right. Bye, Jesse. Sounds Bye, good. Babe. See you later, buddy. your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.